The life of a first-generation student can be a very complicated one, often filled initially with uncertainty, confusion, and tons of unanswered questions. However, the first-generation students at the University of Kentucky have an amazing story to tell. Stories that demonstrate their resilience, their awesome capabilities, motivation, desire to be successful, and to graduate, and also take over the world. The Power of One podcast will speak on the topics that take you on a journey through the life of real first-generation college students, first-generation faculty and staff members, as well as the family member experiences of these trailblazers. In today's episode of the Power of One podcast, I speak with Tiffany Jackson, first-generation graduate and a member of our University of Kentucky staff working with our financial wellness. Miss Tiffany, how are you doing today? Well, hello, Dr. Martina. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm well, I'm well. I'm excited to have you here um, from first-gen graduate to first-gen graduate. And so this should be a great conversation as we're going to talk a little bit about um, who you are and your role, which is dealing with financial wellness. So I'm going to turn it over to you, if you don't mind, maybe share a little bit about yourself, your background and what, what you do. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually, um, I I fit into the weird pocket of I am a first generation college student um, on paper. And however, my mom married, remarried um, my stepfather who who basically raised me um, and he went to college. So while my parents didn't go to college my stepdad who who raised me did go to college and so i had the benefit of him having that process um as you know a resource at home but for the other 99 percent of my family members um in terms of what you went to college for and that expectation um definitely felt all of those things so um, i'm a proud first generation college graduate Um, i have a master's degree in higher education administration um, and here at uk i'm the director of financial wellness and um, part of our plight here is to ensure that all students have access to financial education and um, the resources that exist and, and just making sure that they get connected as easily as they might think their peers already are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. You made a valid point about that that experience that although your family, your 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 parents were first generation, you know, didn't have a background, let me say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but your step stepdad had a, a degree, you know, that is something that um, for us at the University of Kentucky, when we're looking at first gen and how we define our first gen students, you know, we look at neither parent or guardian um, has a four year degree. But usually when we're looking at that definition, we're looking at that the household that you grew up in for the majority you know, of your life. And so if you didn't have that, though, those conversations or those connections and that go to, definitely that first genness still stays with you, even if you happen to have someone come into your life a little bit later um, mm-hmm. with that. So thank you for kind of sharing that story. Yeah, absolutely. And so Ms. Tiffany, you work with the University of Kentucky's financial wellness. Could, could you tell us a little bit more about, well, what is that? What is what is financial wellness um, here at the university? 
Yeah, so it's it's a pretty broad term and it is anywhere you go nationally and every institution in the country is going to define that differently. Um, and so, you know, it really depends on where that financial wellness or financial literacy office is kind of housed at the institution in terms of some of the missions that they might have. But what's very consistent uh, across the board in the country is that this is an opportunity for college students to lead financially successful lives in whatever way they define uh, and to find and navigate the resources to help them do that. So here at UK, we kind of start from scratch and we help students do everything from basic money management, which can include learning how to do a budget, learning how to do a savings plan, learning how you spend money. Um, because a lot of people take for granted the fact that they think they know exactly where all their money is gone. Um, but especially for a college student, that becomes a challenge when you are um, adulting in a different way. And so here at UK, financial wellness, really we see it as an opportunity to be a resource throughout a college student's life trajectory. So what you will need as a freshman is really different than what you will need as a sophomore or a junior or a senior from us. And graduate students need something different from us. We serve our entire um, undergraduate, graduate, professional student population. And so, you know, what we are here to help connect students to in terms of the experts and lots of different topics, um, you know, is, is the center's hub. I mean, that's, it's okay if you come in and say, I don't know what I don't know, but please help me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of what we do, but oftentimes it will start from a student being in some sort of what they have deemed emergency or financial crisis that often will prompt a student to come see us. Um, and so we, we work, you know, with some um, financial triage situations and then the plan is to help them uh, prepare to never be in that situation again, you know, so we kind of run all the gamuts of A to Z. Awesome. So it's not something that is just for the undergraduate college student when they come in as a, as a first year freshman, but it is freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and even through that graduate experience too. It's everyone. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Well, let me ask you this with the work and, and I believe you've been in this role for quite some time now. I recall when you first made your way to campus and <laughs> you're beginning, you know, to talk through this what is this financial wellness like what is that going to look like yeah is there are there any areas of concern that your office addresses like most often is there something that's like that's common that you see across students or have even noticed within your first generation students that come and utilize your services yeah, I mean, I think the biggest issue that we help students and families combat, specific really to first gen, but all students really fall into this, but we see a larger percentage of first generation college students fall into this trap. And that is this idea of planning, planning mm -hmm. for um, the controllables and planning for the uncontrollables. And so, um, you know, having a plan is great because one of the first things we do um, to help better understand a student's story, because everything that we talk about with a student, especially in a one-on-one -on -one consultation, is completely confidential. And we want a student to feel as if they can share with us as much as they want to. I mean, this is their moment to have the floor to tell us anything that's going on that we might be able to help them with. And 
Um, and the biggest thing that we see is they will answer the question, did you have a plan? Did you have a plan on how you might, you thought you might be able to take care of that at one point? And the answer is always like, yes, I had a plan. But it's interesting, the plan should be for the next year, right? It, you're building a plan for your current year. Well, that's not a plan. You know, you're, that's kind of like an adjustment to your uh, weekly calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not necessarily a plan. And so what we see most often is students identifying how they were going to handle their freshman year and forgetting that there are years that follow mm -hmm. uh, in terms of not just financing their education, but financing life. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to make as much as you did when you worked in high school and over the summer and saved and saved and saved? But that money runs out probably for most students by like February of their freshman year. And so do you have an on-campus job? Do you have a summer job that's gonna afford you the amount of savings that you had before? Because, you know, so those are all conversations that we have with students, but that's the biggest, I'm gonna say, um, trap that we find the mentality of our first-generation students falling into. And that is not planning for every year, just they're just planning for what's in front of them. And you mentioned that that planning part of, you know, the, the savings might be gone, um, you know, that summer job, those funds are gone. Something that I thought about too um, and have experienced in working with some of our first-gen students as well is those one-time scholarships that they may receive oh, yeah. the freshman year and not really thinking or planning ahead like, hey, this is just a one-time, so this $500, $2,500 is not guaranteed every year. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the big things that we talk about with students is, you know, um, knowing their controllables and knowing their uncontrollables. And your controllables are the things that are helping you to afford life. So do you already know coming in what GPA you have to maintain to keep your keys money if you're mm -hmm. from the state of Kentucky? Because there, there, and there are a lot of people that would say, let's, you know, not stress a student out. Let's not overwhelm them with information. And I think it doesn't give this generation of student enough credit for being able to handle and rise to the occasion of what are the things that we can control and what expectations are there so that you can maintain your, your enrollment status so you can be a student. And if you're somebody who's relying on outside funding, then you better make sure you know exactly what you have to do on your end to maintain it. So, and that's the same with academic scholarships. That's the same with outside scholarships that may or may not be renewable, you know, and if it's just a one-time booster from the high school athletics booster club, which is incredible, like right. you said, that right. only happens freshman year. So, you know, I, in all of my work, working with students and in, in financing their education and then just their life in my career, I've found that there are certain things you can do as an incoming student if you have a lot of outside scholarships and you don't need as many for your freshman year, but you're concerned about their years after, it's okay to ask a booster club, can I apply that to my next year's tuition? If I have so much coming in, can I apply that to my next year's tuition? Um, it's really important to me that students understand all of the things that go into completing their FAFSA. Oh, yes. So that they know ahead of time, hey, if, if a parent 
lost a job and that's reflected on your freshman year, but they got a great job, which is amazing for the family, that's gonna probably change FAFSA information. So let's know that ahead of time so that you can plan on what that might look like as a change for the next year. So it's, it's, it's things like that, that during a one-on-one -on -one conversation when a student can share things that are either um, freaking them out is kind of how they say it to us. You know, I mean, right, right. I'm freaking out, Miss Tiffany. I need to figure out what to do. And so, you know, we, we try to break that into at least three meetings so that we can identify the immediate concerns and then let's figure out what else might be causing you some stress. Awesome. And when students are coming in, because I was actually going to talk about uh, what are some of the benefits of meeting, you know, with your office, but I think you just kind of like really laid that out. <laughs> I got in my soapbox, Miss. Yes. What happens? I'm sorry. Yeah, I went right into it. Yep. Um, but in addition, because you lay, you outlined a, a great deal of benefits, kind of even talking about what the office is and what it does, and definitely from the planning and thinking about the the, the budgeting and talking through the financial aid pieces and working with those emergency type situations. Now, are the students able to, are you the, the sole entity of financial wellness or what does that staffing look like? Yeah, thanks so much for bringing this back around to what's really <laughs> important. Um, well, you know, we offer kind of a, a three-prong approach for students to connect because not every student is gonna learn the same way, nor are they going to want to talk to the old lady behind the desk all the, every time. And so um, what we first try to do is connect students to peer coaches. And so we have um, in our wheelhouse, and I think it's probably the, the brightest star in the wheelhouse really, is 10 peer student financial coaches. Um, and they're trained peer coaches on helping a student like I said, go through all the basic money management techniques, but then also helping them navigate UK as a student. And I think there's something so um, powerful about a, a peer's conversation with another peer um, and the things that they're willing to share. Um, I, I find that perhaps to be a little less true if there is an emergent financial anxiety happening. They pretty much want to talk to who they deem as like a professional. Um, but if they're just some things, they want some help figuring out, a lot of times a peer coach um, is the right connection. So we offer peer coaches. Um, I have myself obviously here. We have a senior program coordinator in Andy Espelage and he meets with students one-on-one. -on -one. Um, he also is um, fully in charge with the peer coaches and doing a lot of our outreach um, and prevention education um, and, and really trying to make sure that students know that we exist, but also by holding programs to help them you know, if they don't, if they're not comfortable yet doing a one-on-one, -on -one, then let's come to a program where you're with a lot of other students and you can learn some tips and tricks. And after you've tried it on your own, then come back and do a one-on-one -on -one if you want. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third thing that we offer is our online education tool, which is iGrad. And I like to tell students in every presentation that I give, please, for the love of all that is human, do not Google anything financial education because you, you, those there are companies that you know pay to be in the first through 10 slot 
And so iGrad is purely educational. You aren't sold a product by logging into iGrad, um, but it's a wonderful way to kind of um, start your self-navigation and exploration of anything financial related. So um, it's offered to students as prospective students. And then anyone who has a Link Blue ID has access to it and i don't like to say for free because you're paying for it with being a uk student so it is included in all of the things that are offered to you as a university of kentucky student and an alum because if you keep your link blue then you still okay. have access to it yeah awesome that's great i didn't know that they still have access as an alum so that's good yes. to know very important and I can see that being very valuable, especially for the the new uh, the new employee, the first time job, because um, yeah. I do believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but within iGrad, it does have some awesome workshops on um, kind of like uh, investing, like just some general overviews to some some cool money management for the professional. Like you have a real paycheck coming in oh, now. Yeah. yeah. You know, and most, a lot of students, when you get your first job, the, the anxiety happens when you have to complete, you know, your I-9s. Do I check one? One. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, what are all the things and how much tax is coming out? And, yeah. and you don't think about until those little white papers are right in front of you and you think, I don't know what to do with this. So, you know, just knowing that that tool is available so that you don't, um, so how you can self-teach in the privacy of your own space. Um, you know, cause lots of times, I mean, I remember being, I, I think I learned before that got to UK, but I mean, let's call it what it is. I think I was still a solid like 34 years old and going, do I do zero? Do I do one? I mean, you know, we, you. we all have the refresher. Yeah. You then, me now. So we <laughs> <laughs> had the conversation before. So what do you put? I know, but everyone's situation is different, but right. I think even some of us, even as older adults and we think we season sometimes need a, a refresher. So if we're struggling, definitely, I think our, our new professionals and young graduates have some questions too. Oh, for sure. But and I really had them until right there. That's the thing. I mean, and that's, you know, that's how, that's why I think money conversations are the great equalizer because nobody knows everything and mm -hmm. things change all the time. So, I mean, you, you know, tax laws change and tax brackets change and all these things change. So, um, you know, having that question and being, my goal is that you graduate from UK feeling confident in your financial knowledge and confident in yourself to ask any financial question that you have without having this underlying tick of, I should know that, but I don't, um, embarrassment. Because at this point, a question is a question. And if you if you don't know it, it's okay. Chances are you are certainly not alone in not knowing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's kind of the overall plight is to just be confident and comfortable in having these conversations, then I feel like we've been successful. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Um, confident in knowledge and confident in self. I love that. Right. I love that way to say it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And so students have the opportunity to not only have a great conversation with the full-time staff, with you and Mr. Andy, we also have um, peer coaches. I believe you said that there was a total of 10. So that's a lot of peers that they could connect uh -huh. with. 
Yes. For those who aren't quite ready for that in-person interaction or may want some follow-up after the in-person, they have iGrad, which is their free online access using their Link Blue. That's right. And iGrad also has the tool where you can connect your um, national student loan data directly to your iGrad profile. So if you are someone who is borrowing loans, mm -hmm. you can connect that to your own personal iGrad profile and no one on my side has access to your information. So it really is just you. But then when you go to do your loan calculators and things like that, it will use your actual information instead of arbitrary. So like I said, again, it's, it's helping a student from freshman year to senior year. In every different way, you might need to know more things, so. Yeah. Wonderful. I've learned a lot more things. <laughs> Yay! Okay, great. End scene. No, just kidding. That's great. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling confident and knowledge and confident in self. Perfect. Yes, 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 yes. So I would like to take a moment to just kind of ask you this. I'm going to ask you this question. So is there anything in particular that you would like for first-generation students to know or be aware of when it comes to financial wellness? I think the biggest thing I would want them to know is that there's no such thing as a silly question. Mm -hmm. And that everyone wants to have more money. It, that's kind of the overarching thought um, but if you don't know how to manage it, it doesn't matter how much you have. Mm. And so, you know, that's the reason that the NCAA has added financial literacy to, to students and scholarship athletes who receive extra stipends. It's the reason that the NBA and the NFL now offer financial, uh, you know, financial coaching and financial advisors to the portfolio that athletes receive. Yes because it's not uncommon and we've all heard it. You could make millions of dollars, but within three years, it could be gone. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what to do with it, or if you don't know how to manage it, again, you know, you're not setting yourself up for the success that I think we're all trying to achieve with a college education. Mm -hmm. It's not all about money. It's about utilizing the educational resources while you're here to change yourself as a person, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And I know for many of our first generation students, um, access to an amazing job with um, a nice salary is, is a primary goal and primary motivator because yeah. many of them want this opportunity to take care of their family. Sure. Oh, yeah. They want to be able to give back. And I think, you know, you've made some valid points. How can you help take care of others and their finances if, if yours aren't together or, or in shambles so well and I think you know isn't that the greatest part about getting an education it's that not only are you learning but then you're able to teach mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and care and that is how we change our communities at least in my you know in my perspective and and so I think that the learning and changing your own behaviors and understanding better things and living it that way instinctively not only changes your next generation, but it can change the people around you. Right. So, you know, I I grew up with a grandpa who used to always tell me to change my stars. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
So, you know, anytime you get the opportunity to do that. Change your stars. Change your stars. With all of the awesomeness that you have available in, in the Office of, of Financial Wellness, yeah. how does a first-gen student connect with it? How do, how do they get in contact <laughs> with your office? What do they do? Yeah, I get excited because I'm like, please do that. Um, so we, you know, there are lots of different ways. We have a physical center. We're open on campus right now. So we're in on the third floor of Patterson Hall, not the office tower, but we're on yes, our yes, campus. Patterson Hall. Yes. That's right. I always tell people if you can smell McDonald's fries, you are close to our building, um, which is not a great thing when my window is open in the spring. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Um, it's really good reason that there's a gym bag just on the floor of my office. But yeah. Um, and so they can come by at any time. Um, we also have uh, moneycats at uky.edu, which is our main center email. So they can always email us and connect with us. Um, and coming this fall, we will have an online chat system set up so that students can um, connect with peer coaches via online chat um, and, and ask quick questions or try to schedule appointments. Um, so we're having appointments any way that a student feels comfortable in Zoom, in person, over the phone. Um, I'll, I'll meet you outside if that makes you feel more comfortable. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make sure you get the resource that you need. So. Awesome. Drop in. They can use the money cats to do the email to get you in there. Um, that's exciting, especially uh, the 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 chat feature that's coming up in the fall. That is going to be huge. Yes, and then admittedly, we were going to try to launch that here this spring, and then we were still trying to figure out if we could navigate that with all of um, the virtual appointments that are kind of happening just in in the midst of COVID still being a part of our world. Um, and life. And so we thought that maybe a, a launch for the fall made a little bit more sense. So that's, it's available. So it's just going to not launch until the fall, but we are doing it. We're doing it. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I understand like getting that launching thing and getting it off the ground and then, and making it happen. But sometimes there's some of those little unexpected pieces in the background that you yep. got to navigate through. So. It was on the to-do list and then we went, yeah, that's probably not going to go as well as we want it to when we first started. So let's do that and do it well. Yeah. Cool. And as I start to think about a, a closing out our conversation, because I don't want to hold you too long, <laughs> but for our listeners that are first generation students currently, and for those who are prospective University of Kentucky students, is there a piece of advice and it could be financial wellness related or not but is there a piece of advice that you would share with an incoming first-gen student a current student or a family member of a first-gen student i would say that the piece of advice that i give is actually one that i wish i would have taken more as a college student as a first generation college student quite frankly um and it was that i um was kind of a little afraid to seek the resources initially because I thought perhaps that my peers who were not necessarily first generation might already know that information and I didn't want to look like I was seeking out a resource for something that I was already supposed to know. Mm -hmm. So my biggest piece of advice is if you're going to choose an institution like the University of Kentucky that has an unbelievable community and network built within it, 
then utilize all the networks and the resources that you're, I don't want to say paying for, but that you can take advantage of and you're paying for. You know, this is the chance for you to, you know, and part of one of the reasons that we exist as well as lots of other services exist is to ensure that students feel connected and know that they have a place where they can share and get connected to other resources. You know, my resource may not be the thing that you need at this moment, but by reaching out to me and telling me what you're looking for, I can help you get to the right place. So it just takes that, I'm gonna take the first initiative and realize that I, I'm a little too lonely or I'm not as prepared as I wanna be, or I don't know that and somebody was talking about it. The chance of us having a resource on this campus that answers the question that you have is pretty good. Um, so my advice would be take advantage of, of what is available to you. Taking advantage of all the opportunities that are available to you. Um, not being afraid to ask the question. I think that's something that a lot of first-gen students aren't really aware of. Some of them are, some of them do this without even realizing that's what they're doing, but being an advocate for yourself. Yes. And yeah. that is very, very important for any student, um, but also a first-generation student. Um, and I, I just want to kind of throw that in there as we're kind of talking about not being afraid to ask the question. But I think in this type of setting, and again, with UK being so big, you just got to ask the question. Confidence in self. Confidence in self. Yes, you have got to just ask the question. Yep. Um, and oftentimes, uh, I know we find ourselves asking and prodding students with a lot of questions because sometimes they don't know what they don't know. So they don't even know they had a question to begin with until we started talking and we've answered it for them. But um, every day that happens every day. And, and but you never would have gotten there if they wouldn't have come in the door or yeah. taking, yeah. The, taking the phone call or so I'm so appreciative of students that are, are willing to take that step because I think they really are better connected for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, first in students, they're amazing. Um, they, some of them do ask a lot of questions. They want to be informed. They want to know, but I yeah. just wanted to put that out there for the, the slightly quieter introverted student. Like really there's no question. That's a stupid question. Like really it's not, you need the information. So ask. So yeah. Cool. And I always felt like I was the student that was, um, overtly confident outwardly. Mm -hmm. But internally, I was just super lost. And so, yeah, I mean, I was the kid that wanted to look like I, I deserve to be here. I'm going to be here. I don't have questions. I'm good. But internally, I'm like, no, I got lots of questions. And I didn't ask them. And I wish that I would have been a little bit more internally confident to do that. Yeah. And you know, and you mentioned a great point earlier. We were talking about having the peer coaches. Sometimes we know you students. Uh, you may not want to talk to the staff. You right. might think you're a little out of touch, you know, but that's okay. That's fine. So I do think <laughs> many of our offices here at the university are utilizing our peer ambassadors, our peer coaches to have mm -hmm. conversations. Honestly, they probably are the best ones to talk to because it's live. It's real for them in this moment. And many of them have probably just experienced it themselves. Yep. It's very true. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Take advantage. So seek out the peers um, and ask questions again. They are going to be some of your best resources. 
But like Miss Tiffany says, we have to ask the question. That's right. That's right. And most peer coaches become peer coaches because they wanted to know about that resource. And that's how they got connected to the office. Mm -hmm. it wasn't because they are just so great at financial literacy that suddenly we just hired them. I mean, most <laughs> of them were student clients who we thought really wanted to learn more and would be such great um, supporters of their peers learning the same kinds of information. I mean, that really is how most of our peer coaches become peer coaches. They were student clients first. So awesome. Well, hopefully yeah. news of this podcast, someone will hear that. Come visit, ask questions, and find themselves leading the way as a student leader and peer coach within financial wellness. We're ready. We would love that. That's oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Miss Tiffany, director of the financial wellness area here at the University of Kentucky and also first-generation student graduate. I just can't help but say that over and over again, because again, this is a podcast for first-gen by first-gen with our first-gen partners. And so I wanna take a moment to say thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing out how our students could get connected and be financially well as an undergrad, graduate student, and young professional. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been amazing. Awesome. So everyone remember, we want you to be confident in knowledge and confident in self. Take advantage of the resources that are available to you. Be that advocate for yourself. Those who are listening, thank you for being here with us. And we look forward to joining you next week in our upcoming podcast dealing with the days of the lives of our first generation students. Thanks.